Okay, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Leadership, What's On Your Mind, a series to share stories, add value to your leadership journey, and make you think about changing your perspective and thinking about what you can do over what you can't do. So today we are speaking to Heidi. Heidi, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you doing, Stuart? I'm fab, thank you. It's amazing to speak to you this morning because I don't know a lot about your story. So I'm really excited to, to know about all the details and all the stories and all the sort of background you have linked to leadership. So mm. everybody knows we've got 20 minutes. We know 20 minutes flies by. So to start off with, Hadi, just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background, who you are, where you are and what you do. Perfect. Thank you so much for the opportunity to join you on this podcast, Stuart. I also want to take an opportunity to thank you for your service. Thank I know that's much. a bit that's a bit odd uh, to to lead with that here in the UK. I know that, <laughs> but it's, in yeah, America, a, I'm an American. In America, that's the way we always. I know. Lead I've off. been to America a couple of times, and it's quite interesting to see the differences in the um, the service thing. And we'll just call it that for now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yes. So my name is Heidi Maduhu, as you said. I am a coach, trainer, and a speaker, and I do that independently, um, certified by the globally renowned John Maxwell team. And I count John Maxwell and his CEO, Mark Cole, as my personal mentors. And so I'm being mentored at the very highest level at this time. But my, my journey from leadership started uh, from the, I would say from, from birth, from the age of five years old. Um, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks on the south side of San Antonio, Texas. And uh, it was, it was an, a fairly impoverished area. And uh, when I was quite young, uh, one of my close friends was murdered in cold blood, a drive-by shooting, a gang shooting at the wrong house. And so I, I uh, grew up, you know, uh, until about the age of secondary school when my mother moved us out of that neighborhood in quite an impoverished area. And, um, but what was distinct about my family and my upbringing is that my mother herself was an immigrant from Peru to the United States. And she had just this mindset that to this day, she still has it the same, that anything is possible. Anything is possible. And when I say anything, I really mean anything. Um, and she, for ages, and even to this day, she still holds that one day I'm going to be the president of the United States. And I'm like, mom, let it go. <laughs> I'm a grown woman. Like I love that. <laughs> let, please let it go. But she she just has this mindset, and so she moved from Peru to the United States when she was only 16 years old, and she didn't have two pennies to rub together, Stuart. And to and as of this day, she has a very complex portfolio of real estate, which she's built across the country, the United States. She's uh, financially free. And she does, she has done very, very well for herself. But when I was young and we were growing up on the south side of San Antonio um, and my dad um, had left after the divorce, we, times were rough, times were difficult. And I was the eldest in the family. And so from the age of five, I had to assume uh, the right hand in terms of leadership with my mother. And she still calls me her right hand to this day because she needed help. I mean, she's a single mother and you have children, Stuart, you know what, you know what it's like raising kids. I mean, yeah. I think you have four kids. I have two and I can't, and I'm married. I can't imagine raising them on my own. And my husband yeah. speak about that a lot. My husband and I speak about that a lot. Like we would never want to be single parents because mm. 
I mean, just ha just being able to tag team with the kids is, is enough. <laughs> and to, to do it alone, I can't imagine. And she did that alone, being a foreigner in a country that wasn't hers, having no friends or family in the country to speak of, no support whatsoever. Uh, she, But she was a bootstrapper and an entrepreneur always. And she always said, you know what? Uh, she was a person of faith as well. With God on our side, we can do anything. Let's not let anything get us down. Let's push forward. Let's keep going. And that was the spirit that I kind of grew up underneath uh, observing. And I really believed it. I, I really honestly believed it with all of my heart that anything that we wanted to achieve, we could achieve. And so I started my own business uh, famously when I was about the age of seven. Um, I... <laughs> I started a food stand selling lemonade and tuna fish sandwiches on the side of the road. I also, my brother recently reminded me, uh, opened up a fireworks stand um, in my teenage years. And so I was selling fireworks to help, uh, to help plan and save for my university tuition. And of course, um, I got the whole family involved in that, you know, I had all my cousins working for me for free, you know, Stuart, like free labor, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I had my brothers working for me, I had everybody working for me. Um, and so I've just always been an entrepreneur. My mother's the one I believe who put that spirit in me. Um, but she had a great example to look to as well. As I said, she's originally from Peru. And her her parents were just dirt poor. Stuart, I'm talking dirt floors, no roof. Like they just were so impoverished. They couldn't read. Um, and my mother learned from her mother as I did mine, uh, because what my grandmother did is at one point she realized they were so impoverished and going even further south because my grandfather had a bit of a gambling problem uh, that she then started with selling peppers so she got a couple seeds from the local grocery store she started cultivating those peppers growing them and then selling them to the whole district and so my mother observed that that was entrepreneurship out of desperation you see Stuart because she had four kids and she was desperate my grandfather was gambling the money away and she wanted to build up on her house that's how we do it in Peru you, you start you know dirt floors and, and very little and then you build on top of that as you grow um, hopefully but my grandmother saw they were going nowhere fast. So what she did was like, I'm going to take matters into my own hands and see my mother observed that. And so she then built what she's built. And now the pressure's on for me to, to multiply as well. And that's what I'm doing. Uh, in terms of leadership, as I said, my childhood started, uh, I, I always felt naturally drawn to leadership as the eldest child. Um, but then uh, I always assumed natural leadership roles. And for me, leadership has always been more about um, who you are and what you represent instead of the title. So I always, um, you know, I always like to lead, but I didn't necessarily need someone to say, okay, Heidi, you're the boss, you're in charge. Um, I just really prized teamwork and working together to achieve success and achieve goals and I think that's why I was always naturally placed in leadership roles whether it be on sports teams throughout my life whether it be you know in business uh, whether it be helping with my mother's business later my brother Carl's business who's an eight-figure broker in the state of Texas um, so we we have we as a family have achieved a significant amount of success all for the very nature of just simply pushing forward and never giving up. I mean, you want to talk about tenacity. 
Uh, that's what this family has in abundance. And I credit it to my grandmother. I mean, she's an amazing example. And so my business, my consultancy is called Leadership Lair, L-A-I-R-E. And that uh, was actually my great-grandfather's uh, mother's name. So, and again, <laughs> I'm, I'm sad that we only have 20 minutes because I have a whole nother story of entrepreneurship on my father's side. We might have to get you back on again at some point. There's a couple <laughs> of guests that we have like that, so don't worry. We we I'll glad, gladly ha, gladly have you back on at some point. <laughs> so Lair was her um, my my great grandfather's mother's name. Very impressive lady, but I'll just say this about her in terms of leadership: she pinned a letter um, very close to her death. And that letter it was just a one pager pretty basic she was she didn't talk too much like me <laughs> she kept it simple and concise you know but what she said in that letter was really kind of the same of, of this kind of running and recurring theme that has always been in my life and in my family which was you know do your very best and anything is possible um for you my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren reading this letter and that letter has meant so much to me. I've referred to it many times, um, particularly over the last five to 10 years, because it's, it's a legacy, Stuart, that we leave our children and our grandchildren that we all need to be working towards and be keeping in mind when we're trying to see success in business and in leadership, because it's not really about me and what I want to achieve and the massive successes that I'm under pressure to, to, to go above and beyond my mother. You see, it's about my children. It's about my grandchildren and their children, um, what I'm leaving behind. So that, that's my business, uh, coaching, speaking, and training. And uh, I haven't been at it very long, uh, I'll be honest, even, even less time than you, uh, Stuart. I think um, I've been only doing this business uh, just about a year full time. But my journey to it has been coming, as, as I said, ever since I was a child. And in 1999, I was still obviously fairly young, and I picked up the book, Developing the Leader Within You. It was written by my mentor, John Maxwell. And um, all, all of my business aims and, and what I work towards is based on the adding value and multiplying value in any environment um, aims yeah, awesome. and ethos of the John Maxwell team. So that's what I do. Fab, that's amazing. So thank you so much for that detailed story. There's some great twists and turns in there. So do you, you mentioned a couple of times about the pressure. Do, do you explain that a little bit more about what, what do you, do you feel that pressure to succeed? What, what do you think? Explain that a little bit more. Yes, I think, um, I think I do definitely. And I would credit hugely that in part to my mother um, she has a, a very, uh, I, I love personality as well, uh, and I'm certified as a DISC expert. I don't know if you know anything about yeah. DISC methodology, DISC. Stuart. Yeah, yeah. She's a high D, so, uh, and I would say like President Donald Trump close to high D, like she's, <laughs> <laughs> she, she tells you what she thinks, and with little regard to, you know, whether it might hurt your feelings or, <laughs> I mean, zero filter. And um, she's always been like that. And so uh, from the time I was born, it's always been about, okay, so I get her on the phone. What are you doing? What's the business doing? What's the family doing? What are your goals for today? What are your goals for tomorrow? What are your goals for five years from now? And, you know, when I was a teenager, it used to irritate me, Stuart, because I would always say like, why don't you just, why don't you just like love me? 
you know, <laughs> like you're my mother, like just have a normal relationship with me that like other teenage teenagers have with their mothers, you know, like, why is it always yeah. about achievement and success and pushing forward? But now as a grown adult and business owner, I mean, I'm so grateful to her. Um, I have a master's degree. I'm well accomplished. My brother is well accomplished and successful as well. And so is my younger uh, brother as well. My whole family, we're all where we are. We believe by the grace of God. And, you know, my mother always just pushing us forward because there's always someone on you going, come on, come on, come on. It's, it's not just motivation. It's, it's that, it's that force, that momentum that's pushing behind you you know the next time you're on the phone with her she's gonna say okay so almost like a coach like okay so you know last time we spoke uh, you said you were working on this you know what what happened did you do it no why not you know that accountability that really comes from working with a good coach or mentor so she yeah. does it so naturally i've been telling her from the beginning you're john maxwell team dna from the start ma you should have founded the whole john maxwell team. <laughs> i love that because again it kind of makes me think about obviously we've got children and that kind of that environment of it's it's the it's the the short-term versus the long-term vision regards to how you're setting up um yeah. the people around you and and sometimes we talk about the people around us as in your team but I love talking and sharing stories and getting people to think about the transferable skills from parenthood yes. into leadership and into business. It's unbelievable. And 100%. when you start, you, you've got very, very successful leaders and then they're having massive issues at home because they're not transferring, they're switching off. And again, we're not talking about becoming robots. It, it's the awareness of what's mm. going on and, and we could talk all day about the differences in parenthood and the Absolutely. not the differences the similarities in leadership but um also okay so a couple more questions so it's very evident in your story about creating all that that environment that you've come from mm -hmm. how do you not replicate that but how do you have that with with your success and and your the need the need to succeed is probably less than where you've come from for your children your legacy how do leaders create an environment where it is that resilience that kind of get up and go i mentioned in the basic terms what are your thoughts on that i think um i think the basic thing is as my as my mentor john maxwell always says is you have to you have to touch a heart before you ask for a hand and i think that's so critical when you're leading teams um, I worked prior to opening my own business. I worked on the senior leadership team for the charity Missing People, and we did work uh, mostly involving high-risk missing children across the UK. And what I found during that um, tenure within senior leadership is that uh, people were working so very hard, Stuart, um, especially people working on the front line, and they have to feel as though they're cared about. They have to feel as though you're fully invested in them, their families, their situations, you know, their day to day not just about you know getting cracking the whip and saying let you know let's get to work and let's do this people want to feel as though you actually care about them um and i know a lot of leaders feel as though you know work is work and and <laughs> you know my friends are are separate to work and, and that kind of thing but i'm not talking about friendship per se i'm talking about you know your care and, and, and true compassion and value for people being projected in the work that you do within leadership so critical 
so critical. Coming coming down off the leadership pedestal, as it were, and, and kind of walking slowly through the crowd um, within within an office environment, within large teams, and saying, just, you know, never being so big and so important as to check in. Um, and, you know, I, I read um, by Simon Sinek, you know, leaders eat, eat last. And I, I really believe that, you know, sh you know, we as leaders, you know, the teams that follow us and look to us for leadership, including our families, even Stuart, talking about families, have to feel as though we're always the one to go first. We sacrifice first, you know, we do the work first, we put our heads down first, we do everything first. And then our teams will naturally want to follow that because that's the kind of example that people want to follow. It's not about, you know, the, the, the kind of fancy titles and, you know, the, the, the fast cars and all the things that come with supposed success. It's about you sacrificing yourself day in and day out. That's what leadership is. Yeah. And, and that's why I picked up on it. It's so important about that environment that you create. Mm. And, mm. and it's interesting about the, the realization of how much control people have over that and they don't yep. realize and they're yep. fitting into my sort of deemed term as far as they're busy being busy and then they're trying to put out fires left right and center and and not using all the skills and abilities that you can learn and develop from just being able to step back and look um, yes awesome okay so we, we've only got two minutes left <laughs> it happens every time 20 minutes flies by when you're having great conversations um, what a couple of the obviously people that are listening to this podcast are on their leadership journey at lots of different mm -hmm avenues junctions what a couple of key things that you can get people to really just think about just nuggets of information to think if you've not thought about this go and have a look at your environment how are you operating what a couple of things that you can give out um particularly for someone starting off new in the leadership journey is that yeah that would be awesome yeah so i think um as i said earlier you know people I, th I feel like you always you always be on the right track as long as you put people first so it's always about the people first um famously you know the john maxwell team gets together twice a year um in orlando for our it's a gigantic international maxwell certification and uh this year obviously was different because of the of the lockdown and uh, ceo mark cole my mentor ended up having to obviously cancel um, the most recent event because of everything that was going on. And he said that when he provided the announcement to us with on the team and actually he said, you know, it, it, it represents so much loss to us financially. We're talking millions of dollars, but it's always about the people first, you know? Um, and I feel like new leaders, you know, there's always a, a tendency to feel like you have to come in and you have to prove yourself and you have to, you know, you have to, you know, bring out all these KPIs and demonstrate your value to the organization. But if you keep people first and at the forefront of everything you're doing, the, particularly the people that are looking to you for direct leadership, the people that you are taking care of and looking after day in and day out, you take care of those people, you make sure that they have everything that they need and they feel supported and they're well-trained to do what it is they need to do day in and day out, you'll never go wrong. Yeah. That, that's really important and it goes into kind of what we the underlying i think one of the things that have come out from this is talking about that long-term vision about mm. that not not short term we're, we're in this for the long term and it's like that lifelong learning lifelong development lifelong people oh awesome. yep. <laughs> see if i can turn this alarm off quickly there you go excellent so heidi that's 20 minutes thank you so Amazing. much 
Amazing. Um, so guys, if you're, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, obviously you've got the two options on YouTube or on your podcast provider. Make sure you hit us as a review. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you subscribe. We've got an episode coming out every Wednesday at six o'clock in the morning for the early birds, but you can obviously consume it whenever you want. Um, thank you so much for listening. Just leaves me one thing to say, Heidi, thank you so much again for pulling over on your journey to join us on the podcast. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a first for the podcast. So, a pleasure, um, Stuart. A thank pleasure. you so much and thank we will you. speak again and we'll we'll probably get you back on again part two is, is on its way <laughs> <laughs> right i would love that we'll love thank it. you so much see you next Take week care. guys bye